Hi, this is Don Cherie, and welcome to the VU Church Podcast. Have you ever wondered what God thinks? What He thinks about you, your situation, your past? Until we realize God's heart is for us, it can be hard for us to fully trust Him. But God declares that His thoughts are higher than ours, and so are His ways. If you've been struggling to understand your current season, I believe there's hope and peace to be found with the thoughts of God. Today, we conclude our collection of talks on mindsets, new pathways, new results. Let's join the conversation now about God's mind. Well, we've been in a six-part collection on mindsets. How many of you have been encouraged by this collection? It's been incredible. Rich has been preaching some incredible truths that we're gonna carry every step forward on this journey. But we've done six sermons. We need one more. How many of you think we need a seventh one to complete it? So we're gonna do a seventh sermon on mindset. It's been amazing. You know, a few weeks ago, Rick shared that all of us, we think on average 40,000 thoughts a day and that 80% of those thoughts are negative and that 95% of those thoughts are thoughts that we thought the day before. Just those stats alone, it, it just stopped me in my tracks because I think whether you're a single person, whether you're married, whether you have children, we need to pay attention to what we're thinking. I don't want the status quo of 80% negative thoughts to be the reality of my day-to-day. Are you with me? I don't believe that that's God's plan for my life or for yours. And as a parent, I was thinking, God, if my children are growing up with that stat, that the average person has 80% negative thoughts every single day, Lord, I've gotta get your thoughts in their brain. I've gotta get them thinking the way that you think. And today I wanna direct your attention to Isaiah chapter 55, verse eight. It says this, God is speaking, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. If you and I are to have the mindset of Christ, then we've actually gotta take the time to discover what God's mindset is. So I wanna take the next few minutes to talk to you about this thought, God's mindset. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Lord, thank you so much for today. God, thank you for every person under the sound of my voice. I pray that you would encourage our hearts today, that you would reveal more of who you are Lord, our hearts are open. Our minds are open. We're listening for you and your truth. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. All of Vuke Church said. Oh, come on, I can't hear you. All of Vuke Church said. Amen. A few years ago, Rich and I, through really the encouragement of a friend who's a mentor in our life, we went and had an all-day full physical checkup. And I'd never done anything like this before. We went to this clinic and we started early in the morning and they gave us our itinerary. And from morning until the evening, we had a full physical exam. And I walked in thinking, you know what? I'm gonna do good, I'm healthy, I'm I'm doing really good. And, And the first few meetings went great until they said we're gonna do this thing called the stress test. 
And I'd never done one of these before. And they hooked me up to this machine and stuck these things all over my body and made me take this stress test running in front of my husband. Now, I wanted to do really well, but it became very evident quickly that I had not run for very long in a very long time, Nick. I was out of shape. I was, I was breathing so heavy and I had to stop. And, and I walked away from that day of a checkup, uh, not having as many wins as I thought I was gonna have. I had some wins, but I went away going, these are some things I need to work on. These are some things that I need to zero in on. And when it comes to knowing God, examining the character of God is like a checkup for our spiritual lives because we have to be honest with what we actually believe, who He is and what He says. Do we believe Him? Do we trust Him? Oh, I love it. I can feel the faith in this room. Maybe you're in your living room shouting with me, yes. Well, today, we're gonna take a little checkup because I believe that this today is a heart checkup on our connection and belief in God. I've had conversations with people over the years, friends that I've grown up with, people that I've walked alongside in Miami where they come to a place where they go, Don Cherie, I don't know if I believe in God anymore. It's a very honest, heartfelt question that we all have had to ask in our lives. And when people share that with me, my response is, what part of God? Which part of God are you doubting? Is it this part? Is it that part? Because if you're gonna use your mind to question who God is, then you need to be specific about what part you are questioning. Which part of God's character and who He is is troubling you? Which part of God's character and who He is are you having a hard time believing? Do you believe this? Do you believe that? Do you trust this about Him? Do you trust that? Because belief and trust are two completely different things. Okay, so in my life, I'm finally to the point in my life where my friends, I'm old enough, my friends have become lawyers and doctors and surgeons and therapists. But how many of you know, just because I went to eighth grade with you and you became a therapist doesn't mean that I trust you to be my therapist. Like, I believe that you have the degree. I believe that you did your residency. But uh, I knew you freshman year of college. I don't know if you're gonna be my surgeon. There's a really big difference between belief and Trust, but friends, we aren't talking about a man or a woman. We're talking about the God of the universe. If we knew the vastness of the God that we serve, we wouldn't blink when we're asked to trust Him. God is not a man that He should lie. But the question I have for you is, what do you know about God anyway? 
What do you actually know about the mindset of God? We've been talking about the thoughts that we think, our own mindset, but friends, we need today to take a close and careful look at the mindset of the God that we serve. Because this, Isaiah says, his thoughts are higher, his ways are higher. He wants to take your mindset higher as you seek to understand his mindset. And when it comes to the thoughts of God, you know, in our hearts, we choose to believe in God. Our hearts are a deep well that the Spirit of God searches the depths of our heart, right? But we have a heart and we have a brain. And when it comes to the eternal nature of our God, how many of you know it's very hard for our finite brain to understand His infinite ways? Because in our brain, we're always quantifying. We're always calculating. We're trying to make sense of things. There has to be a boundary line when it comes to our brains. There has to be an end point. That's why your brain, it literally can't understand eternity. Like try to understand eternity right now in your brain. You can't. It's going to end at some point. What do you mean, Don Tree? It's going to go on and on forever. Why? Because your brain calculates. It quantifies. And there's a disconnect between the brain that God gave you and the heart that God gave you. Because your heart has a depth and understanding. The scriptures say that God has placed eternity within your heart. So while your brain in the here and now can't understand eternity, there is a knowing deep down in your heart that there is more than just right now in this moment. That there is an eternal God who has seated eternity within you. And he's so big and he's so great that the only way for you to know the ways of God is for him to reveal himself. He chooses to reveal himself to you. He's God. There, there's no way for you to fully understand him. There's no way for me to fully, fully grasp how great he is. But he chooses to reveal himself to us through the scriptures, through Jesus, his son, and through the power of the spirit. And today I wanna talk to you about what the scriptures reveal to us about the very mindset of God. Are you with me? What is the mindset of God? Well, first of all, he is all knowing. Say that with me, all knowing. Say it again all-knowing. Do you and I actually believe and trust that God is all-knowing? Because this is what the psalmist says, Psalm 139. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways, all. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. Section knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. It's high. Where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. 
How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. So already the psalmist in his journal, he's pondering the mindset of the God that he loves. He's thinking about what are your thoughts, God, towards me? What are your thoughts, God? How many of you have ever known a know-it-all? Now that, that word know-it-all, like, you know, you, you know the person in your mind. You don't, you don't have to say their name out loud. If they're sitting by you, please don't. <laughs> but everybody's met a know-it-all. It, it has a negative connotation, doesn't it? Because usually, if you're a know-it-all, you really don't care to know what anybody else thinks. You really don't want collaboration with anyone else because you're a know-it-all. But when we think about a God that knows all and still in his perfection reaches down to our brokenness and invites us to be a part of his story. Oh, come on. You showed up this morning to worship him because he's just that good that right now where you are, he says, come and be a part. I'm inviting you into my story. I want to use you. I know what you're thinking even before you speak it. And I care. That's good news. You may be in a season of isolation. You may feel like you're in a wilderness, that you are in exile, that nobody sees you. But can I tell you, the one who knows it all, knows everything about you, and he still loves you, he still calls you, he still wants to redeem you and sanctify you and assure you that he wants to reveal himself to you. He knows everything. He is omniscient. That's the word that we use. He is omniscient. He knows everything. I remember my freshman year in college. I went to the hills of Tennessee. And the first week of school in Tennessee, we have this thing called college orientation. And you know, everybody has a different orientation. My brother went to Pepperdine on the coast of California and they decided to let him surf as his college orientation. Do you see the jealousy in my eyes right now? My college orientation was we took a strengths finders test. We were learning a little bit about our strengths. I took this test in my college orientation. I learned my strengths, that my three strengths at that season of life, because we're all changing and they're different now, but at that point in my life, they were belief, they were connection and responsibility. We all love personality tests, don't we? Tell me a little bit more about myself. We say that life is a journey where we're discovering more of who we actually are. And I find also that when it comes to personality tests, I like the tests that tell me my weaknesses too, because I wanna learn how to shore those up. I wanna learn the red flags when I'm in an unhealthy season. I wanna become uh, oriented with who I am. I want you to take this in for a minute. God is not trying to discover more of who he is. God knows himself fully and he knows you fully. There is nothing hidden from him, nothing. 
And so he is not trying to discover more of who he is or more of who you are. And that's why when we come into the house of God, we often say that when I discover who he is, I discover who I am. Because it's only in knowing him that you will fully know who you are. If you're looking for some self-discovery, friends, can I let you in on the secret of life? It starts and ends with God discovery. When you actually take the time to say, God, I wanna know you, that's when you will be fully known. Oh, come on, if you believe it, let's put our hands together. Lord, you know us, and you know us fully. When it comes to the all-knowing God that we serve, nothing is hidden. First John chapter one, verse five says this, this is the message that we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. This is what we have to understand about the God that we serve. There is no darkness in God. So even in our lives, when we come to him trying to act like there is nothing that we need to surrender to him, he already knows the things that you need to surrender. He already knows the areas in me that grieve him. He, he knows the areas in me that are unhealthy. He knows the areas in me that he wants to change, not for me to change, he wants to change by the power of his spirit. And it's a beautiful thing when we think about the God that we serve, that there's absolutely nothing hidden from him, that he transcends space and time, that he is able to see all and know all, all at the same time. Now me, I'm a terrible multitasker. Friends, I burn the toast in the oven every single time. If you start talking to me, if I get distracted by what's on the television, I cannot do two things at one time. And I've learned that very quickly. And sometimes in our mind, we try to use our brain to compute how God thinks. But God doesn't think the way that you think. He's able to know every thought before it's on your lips at the same moment that he's able to discern every thought that's on your neighbor's lips. He's able to know what every nation is facing, what every leader is walking through, what every single mom is up against, what every child who is being bullied in their school is feeling, what every orphan, what every, what every single individual throughout history is walking through, thinking, feeling, and hiding all at the same time. And it does not overwhelm him. Isn't it cool that even though he's all-knowing, he's patient? Isn't it cool that even though he's all-knowing, he's kind? Isn't it beautiful that even though he's all-knowing, that he is compassionate? 
And I have some encouragement for you. Because he's all-knowing, it makes all things possible. Isn't that cool? Because he's all-knowing, he knows every single possibility. And he doesn't just know the possibilities. But how many of you can testify? He can make miracles occur with his power and his might. He's all-knowing. Friends, nothing is impossible for God. Do I believe and trust that God is all-knowing? Do you believe and trust that God is all-knowing? But secondly, God is not just all-knowing. God is wise. Somebody say wise. There's a difference, right? There's a difference between being all-knowing and being wise. Romans 1627 says this, to the only wise God, be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Job says this, chapter 12, he says, with God are wisdom and might. He has counsel and understanding. See, God doesn't just choose the best goals. God chooses the best means to get to those goals. I come from a very competitive family. My dad is 70 this year and he's been coaching for, I think, oh man, let me do the math really quick. 45 years. I have five brothers, they all played sports. Four of them are quarterbacks. Two of them are at the Super Bowl with my dad right now watching one of their best friends who my dad coached. We are competitive. We like to win, but friends, it's so much more important who you are becoming on the path than what you are reaching towards. You can reach the goal You can win the prize. You can gain the accolade. You can gain the notoriety. You can go, you can go further than anyone in history has ever gone. But if you arrive at your destination and you have not become who God has called you to become, then it is all empty, it is all fruitless, it is not worth the journey. And the wisdom of our God says, I've placed a goal before you, but every step of the way I'm gonna mold you, every step of the way I'm gonna shape you, I'm gonna reveal myself to you so that you can become. He's given us the power to become. And in his wisdom, he doesn't just say, get here, get here, get here, get here to heaven. Come on, move, 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 next season, next season. He says, what's going on in your heart? Man looks on the outward appearance. I'm looking at the heart because I'm doing something significant within you. And my wisdom is so deep and all knowing that I know in my wisdom that you can gain the success and you can get to that destination. But there is no fruit or life without your heart being transformed. Real gains take place here. Real wins take place here where nobody else sees it. And my brothers, they could go play all the games they wanted. We could be 15 and 0. We could win every state championship every single year. They could set the national passing records. It doesn't matter what kind of men are they becoming. 
kind of children are we raising? How are we leading those that are a part of our organization? How are we pouring into and celebrating the people that are in our crew or that we're married to or our families that surround us? What are we actually celebrating? Because wisdom is celebrating who we are becoming, not simply what we are doing. Come on, if you're with me today, let's give God praise in this house. It's always so much deeper in His wisdom. Why do we so often choose our wisdom, our own wisdom, instead of just asking God? Like why? In my crew, somebody said this quote, I'll never forget it. My friend Mauricio said, loneliness is your worst counselor. But how often do we allow loneliness to be our only counselor? How often do we trust our own instincts, our own thoughts, our own feelings, our own feeling to, to prove ourselves, to make a statement, to be right? How often do we rely on our own wisdom? But that's not what God's mindset is. What's God's mindset? Trust in the Lord, all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. See, his wisdom will blaze a trail for you. You may not even know the destination, but his wisdom will illuminate your path. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. His word is the wisdom that you seek. His word is the word that you need. Don't rely on your own wisdom. Rely on God. Where do we see God's wisdom? We see God's wisdom in creation. The wisdom of creation is seen in its perfection before the fall. But even now, we see the beauty and the splendor and the depth of God's wisdom, the intricacy, the miracles, the engineering, physics, science, creativity. It's all, friends, derived from the wisdom of God. It's very funny when people pit science and God against each other. Because science, real science, is just the discovery of God's wisdom. In fact, I just think when scientific discoveries are made, we should just say, hey, we discovered more of God's wisdom. Quantum physics, we discovered more of God's wisdom. Everything comes down to God's wisdom. Our sexuality, God's wisdom. Our identity, God's wisdom. Our families, God's wisdom. The earth, God's wisdom. Science is God's wisdom. We see his wisdom throughout creation. It's harmonious, it's intricate. Friends, it's spellbinding. And we will spend the rest of our lives discovering more of God's wisdom. But we also see God's wisdom in redemption. Wisdom is seen through Jesus Christ. Christ is the wisdom of God to all of those who are called, 
First Corinthians chapter one, verse 24 and 30 says, but to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us, to you, the wisdom of God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. He is wisdom from God. See, Christ is foolishness to those who reject it. But to those of us who choose to believe in our heart, even though our brains can't comprehend, friend, that's called faith. Faith is what we do not see. It's the thing that we don't fully know, but we choose to trust and believe. We then, our eyes are opened, our hearts are opened. This thing called faith makes us a brand new creation. And now the Spirit of God rests inside of you. And He's gonna guide your thoughts. And He's gonna comfort you. And He's gonna lead you. And it's Christ's wisdom that is now all ours. Foolishness to those who reject it. But God chose what is foolish to shame the wise. That's how wise he is. But not only is his wisdom revealed in creation, revealed through Jesus Christ, but his wisdom is revealed through the Prince of Peace and that gives you deep peace, right? His wisdom that knowingness that we can't comprehend actually gives us a peace when we don't understand. Romans chapter eight, verse 28 says, and we know that for those who love God, all things, say all things, work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. He's our counselor. He's our advocate. But what did Jesus say about the comforter and the counselor? He said he knows all things. He will teach you all things. Isn't that comforting to you? That even when you, it seems like you don't understand anything. Even when I feel like I'm in a season where nothing is clear and everything is confusing, somehow his wisdom gives me a real deep, all-encompassing peace. It's the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Well, Don Shree, how do I get it? I'm gonna read you James chapter one, verse five, and I've read it to you, I think, three times in the last six months. I'm gonna keep reading it to you. If any of you lacks wisdom, let her ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to her. But let her ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. I wanna talk about this verse one more time. And I'll probably talk to you about it the next time we chat because I just think that when it comes to asking God for his wisdom, that too often we think that we have to come and lay out our plan before God and say, God, is this the way? And friends, that's all fine, but sometimes we just gotta come to God and go, Lord, I don't even know what the next step is. I am fully depleted in the wisdom category. I don't know how to save my marriage. I don't know what to say to my kids about you. I don't know how to be a light at my 
I work every day. I don't know how to stand up for you at my high school. Lord, I lack wisdom, but I know if I ask you, you'll give it every single time. Come on, if that's good news, let's give God praise. He'll give you wisdom for what you're facing. Don't doubt it. Stop doubting it. Stop doubting it. He will give you wisdom. Well, Dontree, I haven't gotten an answer. Well, maybe that's the point. Maybe you're supposed to wait. Maybe you're supposed to wait on him. Well, don't you have to make the decision today? Well, if he hasn't made it clear, he's not trying to trick you. Do you think that if you go take that job and he meant for you to take that one, that, that he's gonna send you that job and up, see, see you later, Sally, I'll see you in two years when you get back to me. No, if he didn't make it abundantly clear as you sought him with all of your heart, he is not trying to trick you. He is not trying to make you double guess. He's given you the power and the mind to seek him and then to make decisions. Walk in confidence that you don't serve a God that is double-minded, that you do not serve a God that is trying somehow to surprise you or trick you or confuse you. That's the last thing that he he wants to do, he's with you. He's with you. There's wisdom in creation. There's wisdom in redemption. His wisdom gives you a deep, deep peace. Do you believe and trust that God is wise? Do you, do you? Or are you the know-it-all? When was the last time you sought his counsel? David inquired of the Lord before every battle. He was a skilled warrior. He knew what to do, but he knew there was one that had a different vantage point and might even have a completely different purpose. So he chose to seek God again and again and again. Do you believe that God is the ultimate wisdom? Do you believe that God is all-knowing? But lastly, God is all-knowing, he is wise, but God is truthful. Yeah. Do you believe, do you trust that God is truthful? My truth is very toxic. It's a phrase that's kicked around and I'm sure we've all used it at one point, but friends, it's such a toxic framework for your brain to operate from because if you have a truth and I have a truth, then what is actually truth? Truth is truth. Truth means the truth. I don't say that Jesus is my truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We get tripped up here and I don't have my truth. I surrendered that. That died at the cross when I surrendered my life to Jesus. I don't, I don't have my truth. And you know, that's a really good preaching point. Like people get really fired up like, yeah, attack my truth. Get it. But if we're all being honest, there are areas of all of our lives, paradigms that we have created based off of our personalities our proclivities, our preferences, 
our thoughts and our finite understanding of who God is at this season of our lives. We all have areas of our life where we are operating from my truth, all of us. And that's why we have to come to the throne room of grace. And we have to say, Lord, my mindset is flawed. My mindset is broken. Lord, before I fix anybody else, will you heal me? Will you change me by the power of, my, of your spirit? Lord, will you, will you show me your thoughts? Because I know that they're higher. I know that your ways, Lord, they're far greater. God, God, I don't wanna hold to my truth. I want you to reveal yourself to me. I need your truth. Your truth brings peace. Your truth brings freedom. Your truth gives me confidence. Your truth creates my identity. Your truth lets me know that I'm safe and that I'm secure. Every single season I walk through, it's your truth. So let me know your truth and let your truth set me free. That's why we gather, it's for His truth. So we worship, our, our minds are aligned with His truth. That He really does know all, that He really is wise, that, that He really is invested in all of our lives and wants to use us for something so much larger than ourselves. People are moving like crazy to the city of Miami. People are moving to this place constantly. But as they move here, I hope they understand that they didn't just move here for a job, that they didn't just move here for a great opportunity, but that God wants to reveal Himself to them in every season of life, that He's created all of us to live for something larger than ourselves. That's the truth. That's the truth. How does this apply to you and me? Well, if he's truthful and he made a promise, then he's gonna keep his promise. If he never lies and the very essence of who he is is truth, then if He promised you something, He will deliver. He will not fail. And can I tell you, this book is full of His truth. And when I say His truth, I mean His faithfulness. Because if He really is the truth, then He is faithful in all of His ways. And the promises He gives for your life and for your mind and for your heart and for your family and for the He will heal you. He promises that He will provide for you. So where's the disconnect? Why are you doubting Him? Why are you doubting Him? If His mindset, the only way that He can be is to tell the truth and to be faithful every single time. Well, it's not His mindset that needs to change, it's yours. Do you actually believe what you say about God? And let's take a step further from belief. Do you trust Him? Do you trust Him when things aren't going your way? There are people, precious, faithful, strong, courageous pillars in our community who are walking through grief right now. It's only in seeking the mindset of God that we can hold on to in the present 
until the promise beholds in the future. There are people walking through impossible circumstances. There are people in this room that have family members in the hospital, that have children that are so far from God. There are people in this room that as we say single and secure, that is such a sensitive point for you because you've been trusting God. You've been faithful, but you don't see the promise that you desire in your heart come to pass. That's why He doesn't change so that you can continue to hold on to Him even when in your mind the season doesn't make sense. Your heart can choose to trust. Your heart can choose to wait. Your heart can choose what? To meditate on who He is so that your heart can be changed and so that you can be changed by who the God is that you serve. Meditate on His truth. The psalmist said, Psalm chapter 139, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. As we meditate on God, we absorb His truth and we don't even realize the heart transformation. Friends, we don't memorize Scripture to check off a box. We don't memorize Scripture to feel better about ourselves. We memorize Scripture to change our very identity by the power of God, to get a brand new mindset, to be transformed from the inside out and to hold on to His truth. And let me tell you something, if, if He speaks truth, then who are we? We are speakers of truth, amen? Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22 says, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are His delight. You know, we were, we were in our crew a few weeks ago and we were talking about being in, but not of the world. We have so many different business people in our small group. If you're not in a crew, I encourage you join one. It'll change your life. It will change your mindset. We are talking about how, how when you go into a corporate atmosphere. When you go into an atmosphere where the values of the Bible are not at the forefront, how do you distinguish yourself and show the love of Jesus in a real way? And you know what? Everybody in the circle said, it's not that there's just this crazy uh, amount of people living uh, just crazy lifestyles of greed and lust and, and cheating. No, it's really the, the distinction of being a Christ follower is in our workplace, don't tell the white lies. Everybody tells little white lies and they don't look at them as lies. They look at them as what they need to say. Oh, just tell them that I'm not here. Tell them that I had that. Tell them that I, I had to do this. And the lies create a distinction. And they said, one, one of, one of the incredible men in our crew said, the, the way that I've held to the truth is to just be completely truthful. The way that I've distinguished myself without even saying the name of Jesus is not even to say, oh, you're, that's not truthful. Because they say, oh no, you don't have to tell him I'm gone. Just tell him, tell him this, tell the truth. You don't, you don't have to say that, tell the truth. Friends, we're truth speakers. 
And when we start to fudge the truth, when we start to mix in a little bit of a lie with a whole lot of truth, all of a sudden we start to deceive ourselves. And no wonder our mind is confused. No wonder we can't find a path because we aren't choosing to trust in the truth of God and to walk in His whole truth ourselves. Friends, this community, we tell the truth. We walk by the truth because we know the truth and His truth in us shines a light to the world. They don't need your perfection. They need the truth of God that is in you. Come on, if you believe it, you can put your hands together. Do you believe His truth? And can you allow your life to be truthful and faithful? It's convicting. Why would we be careless with our words? He's not careless with us. He's faithful. Let's not be lazy in our logic. Let's think through this faith journey with the mind that God gave us. And let's come to the place where we realize that every single thing that we have comes from Him. Do you trust and believe? Well, Don Shree, I don't know. Well, it's important for you to do a little checkup today because maybe you can identify some areas of doubt in your life that the Scriptures and the nature of God can shore up once and for all so that you aren't tossed to and fro like the waves, but so that you can walk forward in the strength that God bought on Calvary for your life 2,000 years ago. Do you trust and believe that God is all-knowing? Do you trust and believe that God is wise, that He has the best plan, not just to get the result, but the means of getting the result. Do you trust and believe that God is truthful? And because He is truthful, He is always faithful. Do we believe that everything that we need comes from Him? In our yard, we have a papaya tree. And I love papaya. I grew up with my mom getting papayas and I, I couldn't believe that we actually have a papaya tree, wow. I love Miami, I love it. And this papaya tree is so tall and we've watched the fruit grow on the tree. And uh, one day, one of the papaya got large enough to take it down from the tree. And uh, my brother, David D, got a high bar stool and took it out underneath the tree and stood on it. And then Wyatt, our four-year-old son, went out with D. And I said, Wyatt, go get the papaya. So D's standing on the bar stool. He takes the papaya down and then he hands it to Wyatt. And Wyatt is like so fired up. I take a picture with the papaya. We come inside, we slice it open. It's early in the morning before work. And I open it up, I take the seeds out, I get a spoon, I sit with Wyatt and I say, okay, Wyatt, I think I'm gonna like teach Wyatt something. You know, we're gonna thank God for this papaya. God gave us this papaya. Let's thank Him for giving us this papaya. And Wyatt looks at me, he goes, God didn't give us this papaya. D gave me this papaya. And then he says, D is God. <laughs> Wanna talk about a, a failure moment as a mother. <laughs> How often do we operate under that same mindset? That we're just the middlemen. That, that, that we're, just, we're just the messengers of the greatest message in all of history. That, that we are just the conduits that the love of God flows through. 
we didn't create the tree. We didn't create the seed. We didn't create the leaves on the tree. We didn't create the papaya. We didn't allow the rain to fall so that it was watered. We didn't watch it grow from a tiny papaya to a huge papaya. We didn't create the body that would eat the papaya that was nourished by the papaya. We didn't create the language that was spoken as we prayed to thank the one who created the papaya. Do you get my drift today? We didn't do anything but receive, 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 because He gave, He gave, He gave. So you gotta get on His mindset because He's waiting to give you more than you ever dreamed. It's His mindset we seek. All over this room, would you stand to your feet? Let's bow our heads. I believe that God is speaking to people. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. What is your mindset? Are you acknowledging the greatness of God in your life? Because let me tell you, He's greater than you could ever dream. And He has chosen to reveal Himself to you. And today, you can receive Him. You can believe Him. And you can become a brand new creation. For those of you that are in this room or watching online at the city, at Everglades Correctional Institution, do you know Jesus? Because this is your moment. There's nothing you can do to earn your right as a son or a daughter of God. But today you're welcome into the family by choosing to put your faith and trust in Him. If you'd say, Don Sheree, I don't know Jesus, but I choose Him today. With no, no looking around, this is a heart conversation. I choose Jesus. Would you just lift your hands? I wanna pray with you right where you stand. I choose Jesus. Tired of figuring it out on my own. I choose Jesus. I want Him to be my Savior. I want Him to be my Lord. I want His mindset to be the mindset that infiltrates and changes and strengthens my mind gives me the peace I'm searching for. I see your hands all over this room. You can put your hands down. Actually, all of us in this room, from the back to the front, if you feel comfortable, lift your hands. Say, why do we do this? It's an act of surrender. Just recognizing that God, I release everything I'm holding on to. I receive everything that you are. Pray this after me. Say, dear Jesus, today I choose to throw my life into your hands. I'm celebrating your rescue. I believe that you died for me, that you rose again. Forgive me. I love you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, let's celebrate it. So me. Let's give God praise in this house. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to today's message. At VU, we believe we weren't meant to do life alone. We've been created with a unique purpose and designed to live in a relationship with Jesus. If you've never surrendered your life to Him, we want to create an opportunity for you to do so today. If you wanna say yes to Jesus, would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I trust you with my past. I ask that you guide me in my present and I even place my future in your hands. I'm yours, Lord, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen.
If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, we want to partner with you in the next steps on your faith journey. Go to vuchurch.com forward slash online. We love you.